0: and not in attending the One right Church. Let's get started. Hi, Scott. How are you doing, Mark? Good, good. Just had a disability ministry training on Saturday for New Life Church, and mm-hmm. Cindy and I are pretty excited about that.
1: And you guys were sort of driving some of that too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. We've mm-hmm.
0: been asked to lead that ministry and try and help make New Life Church a place where families affected by disability can come and be part of the church. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, we're really excited about that. Um, but it got me thinking about how I used to think about disabilities at, at followers and how much that has changed.
1: So you've had and, sort of a conversion of sorts. I, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, how did that come about then?
0: Yeah. So we, we left followers uh, and we were not gone very long and, you know, we, we didn't really do any outreach stuff there. We didn't do any serving of any other outside uh, groups people outside mm-hmm. groups. And uh, Cindy really wanted to uh, get involved with helping families who had disabled children or were affected by disability in some way.
1: Was there something that prompted that for her or she just like saw it in a magazine or how did I, she come up with that?
0: You know, we, we had a friend, um, Josh, that had served at uh, Johnny and Friends family retreats, and he was involved with it. And, you know, she came out and she was asking around, talking to friends, and somebody said, You should look into this, uh, Johnny and Friends. And so she did. And she came and told me and said, I think I want to go do this. And it's a week long trip at the Oregon coast. And, uh, I said, okay, Uh, Okay. (laughs) go get him." Yeah. Uh, I think I said something like, I just don't think that's for me Mm -hmm. or something terrible like that. Um, I did not something terrible. Well, I, I just, I mean, I think now, how could I have ever said that? But at the time I just, I was scared. I was afraid of saying the wrong thing, using the wrong terminology. Uh, Uh, I was really, I was afraid people would see that I didn't know how to help in this, in this area. So it was just a, a pride and a fear thing. Mm -hmm. And so she went and I started getting text messages and videos and things like that of families coming. So the Johnny and Friends Family Retreat is where families come and they spend a week uh, at Twin Rocks uh, Friends Camp in Rockaway Mm -hmm. and the parents get uh, like support group time. Uh, Their children all get uh, a buddy or a volunteer to spend the week with them basically and uh, it's just it's a great time for the families and and then they get together. They they hear from the word of God. They mm-hmm. do worship time. And she was sending me some videos of this worship, and it was just, it was amazing. So she
1: had a she had a good experience, you yeah, would say. Yeah, yeah. On a I, scale I can, of one to ten, it was right.
0: Yeah, oh, a a twelve. A 12, yeah, twelve. Okay. Yeah. So she, I could just tell from her messages that this was, this was really a life changing thing for her, and okay. I, I could just tell. And. And then she started saying, you, you have to come and see this. And I did it, it when that yeah, And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah. So then I, I did. Mm-hmm. I, I went, but I went with a plan. I, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to um, show these parents of these children that I care by asking them every question that I can think of about their child's disability. And learning about their child's disability, and I thought that sounded like a great plan to me. And the first day of training, when I got there, I found out that everything in my plan was the exact wrong thing to do. That, and they mentioned, these, <laughs> they don't do that. Yeah, the, yeah, don't oh, do that. Okay. Uh, yeah, specifically, don't do that. And what they said was, these families don't want you to get to know their child's disability; they want you to get to know their child. Oh. And it was just like a switch flipped in right. my mind. Like, oh, this is, their their identity is not in their disability. It's, mm-hmm. it's different than that. So, um, yeah. So I went to that. I heard a husband giving a little testimony, very similar to what I just said about how he wanted nothing to do with it, but his wife drug him into it and that it changed his life. And I, I would say the same thing, that it okay. just is... Um, yeah, it's really it's a really special thing to get involved with. But um yeah, that that wasn't always the case. At at followers, uh it really was disability was really looked at more like uh judgment or a, a punishment for sin or something like that. It was something it that was,
1: God did to people, yes. you mean?
0: Yeah, there and there were Again, I can't make a blanket statement that everyone thought that, but it was, it was discussed openly that, um, for example, there was a, a child that was on the autism spectrum and, uh, people were saying that that happened because he had an operation when he was a baby. Okay. And so that's. They somehow connected that that was punishment for having that. So it operation. wasn't a
1: direct result of the operation. It was the fact that he wasn't supposed to go get the operation, and God was, you know, rendering his verdict on going to the hospital by giving him autism. Is that what that, you're saying?
0: That was my understanding. Okay. It's it's possible that they could have th- because we had no absolutely zero medical uh, knowledge at all. That okay. It, it, they could have been thinking that it was something that happened, like a direct result of being there. But even that would have been, would have been, would have because, been God's thing, yes, right? I mean, that, yes. that's
1: essentially what you're saying, is it was God's right. um, opinion about what should happen. Right. Right, or, or how well you did, or did you do the right thing? Exactly, okay. yeah.
0: And so it was kind of a, they, they would apply that uh, verse. I think we've talked about it on here before, but those who seek to save their life will lose it, and those who are willing to lose their life for my sake will save it. I can't remember where that is exactly, but they would apply that to seeking medical care. And if you go try, try and save your life, well, now your son has his life still, but now he's on the autism spectrum as some sort of oh, dear. punishment, and it's just a terrible Oh, misinterpretation of scripture okay. for one, but um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Jesus is clearly talking about being willing to follow him mm-hmm. there and it's not talking about. You lose your physical life. Yeah. Um, to gain your spiritual life basically. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Another thing we would hear is like if someone um, miscarried or Uh, had a stillborn child that I think by way of trying to encourage the parents that they would tell them that God must have known that there was just going to be something wrong with this child. So it would be that, I mean, if you follow that all the way out, they're saying it it is better that they're not born at all than to be born with something wrong with them. Right. And, um, so that was that was a hard thing to look back on and think like I I don't know how much we were never directly faced with it mm-hmm. and uh, Cindy and I weren't but uh, it it does those kinds of thoughts do fit into a works based belief system like a if if you're doing well like these parents who have a a miscarriage or a stillborn child. Um they don't want to say that it's because of some that that's not a judgment that's not um uh, they don't want to say you've done something wrong so your child wasn't born but they do say instead of saying that they say so that you didn't have to have a child with whatever you know so, yeah, something problem. a disability right. um god spared you of that and it's
1: well, see, yeah. this, I mean, this is, it's hard to, you know, when you step back and just say it like you just did, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a rough thing to say. This did happen, though, in the Bible. I mean, uh, my wife and I have lost two children, mm-hmm. and so we, uh, you know, we have been, had at various points in our lives some heightened sensitivity about these kind of things, and I, I don't think we heard uh, that quite as directly. We did have some Sort of more spiritualizing of th- this is what happened to you, and this is maybe what God was doing. Well, we don't know for sure, mm-hmm. but I mean, this happened in the Bible. The, yeah. the, the thing is, th- this is not new, and it isn't no. just for um it's just for followers. I mean, I, but the first people that come to my mind are Job's friends.
0: Okay, and yeah. Job,
1: Job's friends were trying to to interpret or spin what um, God was doing and what the spiritual reality was all about when Job lost his children. Right. And then Job lost his health. I mean, we could say at some point perhaps he was uh, disabled by right. his illness, but at least for a while. And so they were saying, you know, that's there's a direct link here between your physical suffering and your spiritual um virtue or your spiritual condition Mm. and you could should be able to see by how somebody is physically how well they're doing spiritually right is what job's friends were saying and um yeah the whole book of job is is really you know the you know the processing of that question Right uh, until they they do at the end, kind of throw up their hands, and Job throws up his hands as I said more than I know, and and <laughs> he he's, he forgives those guys. And anyway, it was rough. I mean, it was really rough, and yeah. his suffering was rough. And I think it was worse though. His suffering was worse because his friends tried to link it to the spiritual, his spiritual behavior, his spiritual condition. Right. Right. Um, you know that so so those that's the first thing that comes to my mind, I think the other thing that comes to my mind is uh is really one of my favorite stories in the book of John mm-hmm. when they run across a man who was uh blind from birth, and the disciples ask Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? That's yeah, kind of what you were saying, right,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah,
1: and again that to to say oh, you know, that shame on anybody or the, you know, it's worse at followers than it is anywhere else. These are disciples, right? right, (laughs) These are the disciples of Jesus asking this question. I mean, this is a very common human thing to think that this, that somehow my spiritual life or my morality will reflect itself in my physical health yeah right. probably prosperity and all the things mm-hmm. um, and there are there are some people who make lots and lots of money because of the human yeah nature and propensity to do uh, to make this kind of equation happen
0: right so, right anyway and and in both of those stories, with all those questions the the answers really have nothing to do with it. it's it's about in John it's to show. The power of God to show the glory of God. How does Jesus answer that?
1: And in- yeah, he says Jesus answered, "It's not this man; it's not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him." Uh, and so the the prospect that 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 was the wrong assumption. I mean, I think that's the thing. Jesus right. very clearly says that's wrong assumption. Right. You get that if you read the Book of Job too. It's a wrong assumption. Yeah. And yeah. so. Um, the, but the, to think that every move is rewarded or cursed is pretty rough. a right. pretty rough way to live. And, that, and that's what they were doing. This man or his, or his parents, they had done the wrong thing, therefore God did this to this man. Right. And um, you know that's what Joe's friends thought too. and the the prospect that I have to look over my shoulder all the time, because if I, you know, if I make a wrong move, God's gonna zap me, or yeah, you know, make me sick, or blind me, or hurt me, or something. Sure. It, and that's, I mean, when you say workspace, that's yeah, that's the worst of the worst space. Yeah, workspace really.
0: Yeah, that's what really struck me about it was I'm I'm always as I'm processing through what I believed at followers, I'm always taking something and thinking, okay. I believed this, and then I always, I always go to well. Then the opposite has to be true, like, and and that is usually where I can find some problems. So if if it's true that when if it went the way that the followers and the the disciples were asking and the mm-hmm. Job's friends, if it, if that was true, then that would mean anyone who does not have a disabled child or has a healthy child
1: or healthy self or, or your, healthy yourself, self yourself. Yeah. you
0: healthy yourself. Yeah. Then based on that, you're, you must be in good standing with God. So this, this put me in a play. If he's punishing you for oh, doing wrong, then I'm thinking this just creates this pride and self-righteousness then that, that he's not I'm, punishing you. I must, therefore you he's must blessing be blessing okay. me. Right. Yeah. He's blessing me. I, so not only did I go to the One Right Church, I also had a healthy self, a mm-hmm. healthy wife, healthy children. We're, our house is fine. I mean, we, we yeah. don't live in a mansion, but everything seemed to be going well. With this belief system, I had no need for a Savior, really. I was, oh, I was good. It's
1: interesting to... And, To kind of flip the coin over and see the other side of it like that. Yeah,
0: that's been really helpful for me. If you believe Hmm. something, then you also have to believe that the opposite is true.
1: Well, in this case, I mean, with the cursing and the blessing, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're connected for sure. Interesting.
0: Yeah, so it's, for me, that was just um, helpful to think about it in that way. And hopefully people can see the danger then of thinking that if none of these things are occurring in my life, then I'm in a good place. And it's really easy to miss your need.
1: Well, and again, I mean, this is very much, uh, you know, broader than your background. Yeah, I mean, so many people think that because um, the economy is doing well, that God is blessing our country, for instance. Right. I mean, completely with uh, irreligious, you know, connotations. No, nothing religious at all. But that God must be blessing us because we're not at war, because you know we have jobs, because the economy's fine, because whatever. Right.
0: Interesting. That's yeah. uh,
1: thanks for bringing that up. That that oh, that'll make me think the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> well, and I I just thought too about. Um, how I mean, when I'm thinking about how I looked at this issue of disability and people um, having children who were born healthy or not, um, I, I started to think about how does how does Jesus look at people with disabilities, and I think it's so clear when you read through the Bible that. Those are always the people that Jesus is interacting with. It's it's the and it kind of goes to what I was just saying earlier. The the people that he was kind of butting heads with were the ones who didn't see their need. They, they had it all they together. They were in good shape. Yeah, they, they had it all together. But um just one of the things that stood out to me was uh, Jesus in Luke 4, uh reading from Isaiah. Uh I'll just read it's Luke 4, I'll just read 16. Uh, starting in 16. It says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So I I love, that's kind of his announcement that of who he is, you know, that he is the Lord's anointed one. But I love that he kind of gives a mission statement there of this is what he's here to do. This is what Isaiah prophesied about. This is what the Messiah will do. And it's all about, it's not coming to bring prosperity or power. He's coming to restore sight to the blind. He's mm-hmm. coming to, um, you know, free the captives and help those who are oppressed. It's, uh, it's, it just made me think that that, is not, that did not line up with how I viewed uh, well, people,
1: and it's so, so it isn't that he came to make everyone healthy and happy, right? What what you're trying to get at, I think, is that he came, and the people he came to, and the people mm-hmm. that he interacted with, and the people that he clearly loved and valued, were the people who had these problems. Yeah, they were not the people who were squared away. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I mean, he says that. And he says it's not the righteous, but the sinners who need repentance. It's not the well, but the, the the sick who need a physician. Right. I mean, he's always doing that kind of thing. I mean, he, uh, in at church we're uh, reading through Matthew and uh, beginning of Matthew, he's with the crowds and he heals them, and then a few verses later. And and I think these might even be children with disabilities. I don't know, mm. but the par- parents or some adults bring them to Jesus, and the disciples say, "I don't think you're qualified. I don't think you measure up. I don't think you're the right kind of person to interact with Jesus right now." Yeah, and um, Jesus says, "Wait a second. You know, let the little children come and don't hinder them, for such are the kingdom of heaven." And they, uh, it says then that he laid his hands on them and went away. Yeah. And I think the fact that they came for Jesus to touch them and was likely to touch them and heal them. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, he those are the people that he was after. Yeah. And those yeah. are the people
0: that he really cared about. Yeah. So it's it just it just struck me that that it's important for us to see now we're when I say this I want to be clear that I'm talking about two different things. I'm not trying to discount in any way the day in and day out struggles of families who deal with disability. Um, I've even, even going and spending a week at Johnny and friends family retreat, like that's a, that's a special vacation week that the family. So I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend that because I've seen that, that I know that that's normal for yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- they they've got to go back to normal life from there. But the one thing I just want to really impress on is if we if we look at people with disabilities and see because their disability is right out front and center and available for us to see, then. It seems if we think we can have some judgment about that, we, we really need to remember that um, God looks at the heart and, and that we have, everybody has a problem in their heart that needs to be dealt with, that needs healing, that needs um, Jesus. And I just think it's dangerous when when we think because we can see something wrong with someone, then they're being judged by the Lord. Uh, for they must, they must have something bad going on in their life, and it makes it so easy for us to overlook what we...
1: Well, man looks on the outward appearance, and the Lord looks on the heart. Exactly. And yeah. that was actually spoken when somebody looked good, not when they looked right. you know, right. like they were having trouble, but when they were good. But the, the reality is the same, and what happens is we... We decide, or we make decisions about what's going on inside of somebody, and we question that or wonder about that. And the, and the thing is, the scripture makes it extremely clear that mm-hmm. you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, you are not in position to have enough information to know why this happened to somebody. You don't mm-hmm. know that, right. and even yeah, even if you thought you did, you wouldn't know. You just couldn't be right. Yeah, and so. This is the, I, I think that's the thing is that, w- yes, you have to um, not judge, but I think the other thing is we have to not take physical things as an expression of spiritual reality. Right. For some reason, the Lord has chosen that those are disconnected so that it's not really clear
0: mm-hmm.
1: or so that people might not misunderstand that they're earning favor with God or they're failing at favor with God. It's not that at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was just, as you were talking, I was thinking about, uh, an example, of, of a child. It was one of the camps that Cindy went to and she spent the week, uh, with this boy and he was nonverbal he was on the autism spectrum. And those are that's all I know that uh, were his challenges and his parents shared a video with Cindy and it was probably a few years later and he was using a um, a device where he can get his words out on this wow. device so he can write it out and it will read it and he was giving his testimony and it was at his baptism, and he's talking about in here being, I'm trapped in my body. Uh, I mean, it's just oh my goodness, that's yeah, just heartbreaking. Wow. But, um, but as you were thinking about, if, as you were talking about the the physical being separated from the spiritual, I, that's what I thought of was this mm. boy, and um, it would be. I I wouldn't know that by looking at him. I I wouldn't know, but I've heard this testimony and it was amazing. Uh, so it's yeah, I think it's just a good reminder that that we can only see the the outward sometimes, and um, there's there's prob- there's a lot more going on than than we can tell, especially mm, when a child's nonverbal.
1: That's a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Well, um, just. Like I said, we're talking about two different things here. But the the hymn that I thought of today was, um, I think, applies to both. Uh, if if you're struggling day to day with uh, disability in your family, or um, if if you're going through the the hard time, if you have an inward struggle that that you need mm. that you need to come to Jesus for, okay. um, the the song is called "Does Jesus Care." And it says, does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song, as the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? The chorus says, oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. And then there's, uh, I'm, I'm going to read them all because they're so good. Um, does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief, I find no relief? Though my tears flow all the night long. Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks? Is it aught to him? Does he see? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. So,
1: well, that's really good. Yeah. I, I'd never heard that before. You haven't? But thank you no. for sharing that. That's, yeah, that's, uh, I need to hear that. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks for talking about this with mm-hmm. me. Thank you. Well, hopefully, this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.